Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Games like two quarterbacks really going at it. It ended up being two backup yeah. quarterbacks going at it. Now, Trevor Lawrence got hurt in the game in the fourth quarter, so he was dealing for most of the game. Super impressive, moving the ball downfield. I mean, Lawrence is an elite quarterback. Uh, whether you have him in the top five or right outside the top five, like he is excellent. Some of the throws he makes are unreal. He's living up to the hype. But he gets hurt in the fourth quarter, yeah. and it looked bad, Perloff. Oh, absolutely. I think the fact that he was able to walk off even with help, to me, said it's not a broken ankle. So maybe it's Aaron Rodgers, but I think guys are coming back faster and faster. I have a lot of experience with ankle injuries. If you rehab it every day, you could get back – I, I wouldn't be surprised in two weeks if he's back. This is playing totally amateur doctor. The fact that they were so careful in their wording about their post-game injury report saying it's a sprain. They just wanted to tell everybody, hey, this is a sprain. Do not panic. I, I felt they obviously leaked that to the press right. with a very specific intention to say this is not over. Okay, but here's the thing. That could also be like a little bit of wishful thinking. You don't want to go down the wrong like rabbit hole here. But teams tend to be cautious on that kind of thing. At times, but here's the thing. It's one thing about rehabbing from an ankle sprain and getting back on the field. It's another where you can protect yourself on a football field and where you can still be like maximum Trevor Lawrence. He might not ever get back to 100% this year. That'd be crazy. But he's not a guy who runs a lot. He's not a running quarterback, but he's six foot six. So he's excellent at the quarterback sneak. And he does play like an athletic he plays the position yeah. like an athlete, even if he's not running a lot. Does that make I mean, sense? I mean, how healthy do you need to be to do a quarterback sneak? You're saying, I guess the push off, that can't be a real factor here. Are we talking about that? No, but I, I just wonder if he does come back, what is it going to look like? How limited is he going to be? Because yeah, that's a great question. You know, you're losing quarterbacks left and right here, and things may have been opening up like wide open in the AFC now with all these quarterback injuries. However, in the AFC South, things are really tight but, because Houston's had an unbelievable season and because the Colts keep winning. Well, here's the thing. You come out of that game. I think your bigger concern is your defense just got torched by a deep backup in Jake Browning. So something's clearly wrong there. The Jags have been playing, I think, better than expected defense all season long. Last night, their cornerbacks had no prayer. I mean, Jamar Chase is amazing, so yeah. I understand that. They couldn't stop the run against a team that does not run the ball well. And it, I think that I came away from that game, if I'm a Jacksonville fan, and said, uh-oh, how is this defense going to hold up against Kansas City? How is it going to hold up against Miami if we just let the Bengals run all over us? Well, on the flip side, as we await more details on Trevor Lawrence, so he's going to have the MRI, more MRIs and stuff today, and then a diagnosis on what's going to happen with the ankle. 
On the flip side, Cincinnati may have saved their season last night because Jake Browning looked like DOA when he played last week. And now here we go, this amazing overtime win where this dude could not miss last night. That was incredible. He was so accurate, so poised. Didn't seem like the moment bothered him at all. I was waiting for them to lose that game. That was one of those. Same. like, a, And then they, they looked like they were going to blow it because they had a, a very, very bad trick play that ended up being an interception. And he took a bad sack later on in the game, too. I would say that Jacksonville, I mean, I'm sorry, that Cincinnati soundly outplayed Jacksonville last night. Uh, I Jackson. Uh, I thought it was real back and forth. I mean, think about it. Jacksonville's two, the last two touchdowns they had, one was a dropped interception by Cincinnati, just happened to land in the J- Jaguars receiver, and the other was a short field because of a flip play. They didn't stop Cincinnati at all. Cincinnati moved the ball both on the ground and in the air, yep. where Jacksonville, Cincinnati was getting some stops on Jacksonville. And I know Trevor Lawrence looks great, but even offensively without Christian Kirk, there are certain limits on this team. Uh, Calvin Ridley, maybe not what was promised. Uh, yeah, I came away not impressed by Jacksonville, regardless of the injury. Even before that, they should have. Bl- this is a, if if they're a real Super Bowl contender, they should be blowing the Cincinnati team away at home. Well, I don't know if maybe they overlooked Cincinnati that a little bit with no Burrow, and again, Browning looked bad last week. Now he looks great. And listen. When you think about Jacksonville, if anybody can work some magic with a backup quarterback, isn't it Doug Peterson who won a <laughs> Super Bowl with Nick Foles against the New England Patriots? I mean, it's an and all-timer. That's a, re- that, that's a repeatable model? Well, yes, uh, Jeff Hosteller <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. Nick Foles, and that's all I got for you. Okay. I yes, I understand what you're saying, but to say that because he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, he's going to be okay with C.J. Beathard? I, I can't say that. I'm just saying, I, if I, like, I gave I you like every coach theory. in the league and I said, you got to win a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, yeah. uh, isn't Doug Peterson your number one overall pick? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, well, let's see. Shanahan Shanahan got won 10 games in a row with a third stringer last year in Brock Purdy, who's now a first stringer. So Shanahan could make an argument as well. He's won with everybody. Yeah, but he couldn't win the Super Bowl with his first string quarterback. Yeah, but Jimmy his, Garoppolo. his first string quarterback was not really a first string quarterback. So, I mean, listen. You got to give him Purdy last year was unbelievable, but now Purdy's a starter. No, I think Jacksonville is, and I think about that Eagles team. The Eagles had a lot going for them. Jacksonville's close. They still, to me, feel like they're a caliber below the elite teams in the AFC. It was going to, it was really, I thought, going to depend on them getting the number one seed. Yeah. And getting that home field, which I know didn't mean a lot last night, but generally Jacksonville, I think, is a good home field. And you know, getting that really important buy. And I don't know if they're going to be able to get that one seed now because of the Lawrence. Injury. But even with that, can you see them beating a full strength Baltimore team because a physical team, because Cincinnati surprisingly ran the ball on them last night. They did. Joe Mixon had an incredible night on the ground, 19 carries, 60 something yards, a touchdown, two touchdowns. Um, it's not over yet is what I want to say for, for Jacksonville. It's not looking great. It's not over. And for Cincinnati, maybe this gives them a little new life with Jake Browning looking good. Do you want a mulligan on your Super Bowl pick? No, I'm still going to keep it. Yeah. I want to wait for the diagnosis. I want one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my Super Bowl pick was Jacksonville and the Dallas Cowboys, and yours was. was, Well, I want one on the the Steelers. I had Eagles, Steelers, all Pennsylvania. 
Uh, I'm fine with the Eagles and the Steelers. Not not so much. I'm telling you in the chat, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio, twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. Another person, now this time Niner Gang, FSU treatment, no starter, no playoff. Guys, we know this isn't true in the NFL. But I'll tell you, if there was a committee who could determine who would be in the Super Bowl, they would put the Cowboys in every year without fail. Okay. Don't give, don't care about San Francisco. They wouldn't care about Philadelphia. They wouldn't care about anyone. Detroit, the Dallas Cowboys would be representing the NFC. If they had to do a four, who would it be for rate for maximum ratings? ratings? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the Niners and Philly would be in that mix. Now it's fluky because you'd have to go on market size, and that's not indicative no, of who so. are the because, good teams. <laughs> no, no, no. I think you'd go on ratings history. So Cowboys obviously have the top five games every year. Yep. The, the you know the Cowboys Giants rates, but they're not going to put them in. Uh, that's what I'm saying. The I New think York would, market would I matter. I think you go Dallas, Philly. The L.A. market would matter, but no, you're not no, putting the Rams I in. They, I don't think the L.A. teams rate very well. I mean, this is a big. I think you'd put. You have the Rams, the Eagles, the Chiefs. Bills do good ratings. Maybe you throw them in there. I Maybe think Chicago's a big I don't think they TV rated. market. I think they actually no no, you there's no correlation with market size and, and the most popular games, right? Because Dallas has Dallas is not their fifth biggest market and they're the top five games every year. Pittsburgh? I don't know. I mean, how about the Raiders? The Raiders are legacy team. We should look at who the highest rated. Wasn't there a game the other day with 44? Oh, yeah, it was Washington-Dallas, 44 million people. Well, it was also Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little different. You have no competition. You're the only – well, which I, would be the same for the Super I think the Bills-Eagles game had uh, in the 30s as well. But you're right. Dallas would be the, the – <laughs> Dallas would be Alabama. And Michigan, Ohio State all combined into one to get them in. So – uh, backup quarterback situation has become all too familiar. How it plays into the AFC playoff race is going to be fascinating. Let's get to our Daily Dion. Daily. Do you believe in that? Dion. You believe in that? Okay, lots to get to here with Dion Sanders. You get whiplash talking about Dion and the Colorado Buffaloes, but let's hear a little from Dion was on podcast recently. Ryan, who do we got? Whose podcast was this? We'll get you that after we play this 24-7 Sports. 24-7 Sports gives us this audio. This was Dion talking about how the, even though he loves FSU, there was no way they were leaving Nick Saban out of the college football playoff. A lot of people don't look at it as business. I look at it as this is entertainment, but this is business. So there's no way you're going to leave Coach Saban in Alabama out of a playoff. Who should be really upset, not only Florida State, but Kirby Smart. He's been with number one for the last two years or three years, and they're out. What about them? I mean, this is unbelievable. I want those problems. <laughs> nice. Well, the thing is, they did leave Alabama out a year ago, but Alabama had two losses. It was a that little was harder tough. to make That was them, too big a jump case. last year. Yeah, yeah I mean... He's right. Georgia definitely has a case to be. Georgia certainly has a case to be upset. FSU is the number one case. Georgia has number two. They lost by three stinking points. It's not like they got blown out by Alabama. Yeah, tough luck. I think the funny thing about Dion is the critique on Dion is that he could lose a close game and act like he won it this yeah. year. Or at least it wasn't even him. All the hype and the hoopla around Colorado is like, oh, man, they just played a, a close game against a real team. Let's give them a victory. So I do, I do feel like they were the moral victory team of this year. So, of course, he would uh, think that way. And I 
Listen, I, I've said this, and I said it even before Stephen A. said it. I think that if Deion Sanders was the head coach at FSU, I think they're getting in because of what he said, business and Although, entertainment product. Alabama obviously would still give them a challenge because Alabama is a, as the only team that could match a Deion-led Florida State, I think, would be a Nick Saban-led Alabama. Right that, would that. Be a, that would be too power. I mean, I, I agree that Deion would have gotten them in. But Nick Saban, Alabama, he's not wrong. It's a very powerful brand. No doubt about it. Uh, on the other side for Deion Sanders, lost another coach off the coaching staff reportedly this week. Now, not so shocking that guys on the offensive side of the ball would leave, especially when they got play-calling duties stripped away from them and other things. Uh, this was one of the tight ends coaches, though, who was known to be like one of the main recruiters for Colorado. Now, obviously... Dion is the main recruiter, right? Because his celebrity, his aura, that does a lot of the recruiting for you. But this was one of his top recruiters who is reportedly leaving the program. Where's he going? Undetermined. So I'm not worried about the coaching staff. The recruiting thing is a different story. But the fact that he took over a one-win Colorado team and brought in a superstar coaching staff to Boulder, Colorado, can't he just call his NFL buddies and get them all here? I heard Byron Leftwich might be coming. Interesting. Yeah. He may never have a shortage of coaches. You're He'll right probably have that. the best coaching staff in the country next year. I think, uh, I mean, Sean Lewis was great, but he benched him. Yep, he did for Pat Shermer. Who's an NFL head coach. Like, I think well, nobody. Not a good one, but. Yeah, but he was a great play caller. I think he was part of that. Was he part of that Eagles team we were just talking about in 2017? Or maybe he wasn't, but he was, he's one of the really good. I think Dion's last problem is coaches. He needs some players. Yeah, well, but if your coaches are recruiting, <laughs> yeah, if they're yeah. responsible. The recruiting is a problem, but as far as getting quality play callers and things like that, I think he's going to be fine on that front because yeah. he's got such a great network. Yeah, you're right about that, maybe with the play callers and stuff, but it wasn't great. I mean, this past year, and you have Shador. Oh, I disagree. I, I thought Sean Lewis was amazing. You don't think he was a great play caller? Well, I mean, Shador. Okay, I, I think answer he, this I, question for me. Yeah. Did Colorado get better or worse throughout the season? They got hurt. They got worse. Yeah, they got worse, but their players were injured all over the place. And they had no depth because yeah. of obvious reasons. But I, I think Sean Lewis was a revelation. Then I why mean, did he why did he get the play calling duties taken away from him for well, Pat I think Dion's emotional. <laughs> I don't know. But I wasn't surprised Sean Lewis got a job. I thought he was the offensive coach of the year for most of the season. He got an he got a good job at San Diego yeah. State. That's a good stepping stone job up to a, a, an even bigger one. Remember people were talking about him at Texas A and M as well. Uh, I, I, it's funny. I think Dion is the last thing he's going to have to worry about is getting experienced coaches there. Right. I mean, now, how do you get Pat Shermer to come to Colorado? I don't even understand how that worked and just appear midway through the season. <laughs> I think Shermer, I don't, I don't have an answer, but I think he might've been in Denver. I think that was his last stop. I, I don't know, but. Oh, there you go. That would Broncos. make sense. But I, here's the thing. No commits right now for the 2025 class. I know we have to get to 2024 before we get to 2025, but right now the recruiting situation, I know you poo poo it. It's not ideal. Like you can't spin this and say things are going awesome at Colorado right now. Recruiting is dead. It, it's beyond irrelevant now. I'm sorry. Did you see what happened yesterday? The transfer reporter exploded like a nuclear bomb on the sport. Over a thousand players. Every, the second Dylan Gabriel left Oklahoma, everyone's like, uh Oh, we have a problem. There is nothing is sacred. No 18-year-old recruit batters anymore. It's all transfers now. Because the NIL, I think they're doing that transfer portal to get the money. So it's not going to matter. I know, but this is where you and I will disagree because I think the transfer portal, which is, let's call it what it is, free agency. 
how do NFL teams use free agency? You have to build through the draft, which is essentially recruiting high school kids, and then you supplement with the transfer portal, a.k.a. free agency. I still think that formula exists in college. You can't just do a whole NASCAR line and switch, a hockey, you know, a hockey rotation switch every single year with transfer portal guys. Well, I, th- I think it's different, though. And How many NFL quarterbacks are on the free agent market at, at most? Not many. One or two. There's already 15 big-time starters on the transfer portal. So it's it's beyond NFL free agency. It's a large chunk of the quality players in the country are going into the transfer portal. Oh, I get over that. Over 50%. I get that, but that's at the quarterback position, which is extremely important. But we're talking about building depth and what I'll, submarine uh, Colorado, not having depth, and that's you know was a huge, huge... Uh, obstacle they had to overcome and couldn't overcome, quite frankly, that still means you have to recruit out of high school to build your depth. But you got to give it, well, maybe, but I don't even know anymore. Why not just, I'm not convinced you can't build depth with the transfer portal as well. Uh, The other thing, he had one year. He just got there in the offseason. How did you expect him to build a team I, I am not as panicky no, no, about I, that. I did it for year one. Year one, it was like, right. all right, transfer portal and all that. But now we're talking about into year two. You ended the season on a six-game right. losing streak. You have guys decommitting. Even if it happens everywhere, it's still happening to you. And you have coaches leaving, either some by design or some maybe not by design. Like, it's... Right, the players are leaving. I, I I keep hearing about these players are leaving. Then I look at their stats. It's like zero targets. or It's not like they no, lost... No, the recruits. The recruits. Yeah. Decommitting. I got to tell you, I just see a 2025 recruit decommitting. It seems like recruits are changing their mind five times before even their their verbal commitment doesn't mean anything. I, maybe I'm way... I just see the headlines. Everybody is transferring. There is not a single player. It doesn't feel like anybody's going back to the team they were on last year. I think it's because of the money. I wonder if it's a slam dunk that year two is going to be better than year one for Dion. Uh, their schedules are... Pretty easy compared to this year. This year was tough. The expectation, though, is going to be higher. The expectation last year was win two games. (laughs) Like, win more than one game. And they won four games. They have. Actually, I'll pull it up. They do have one crazy hard out-of-conference game next year. Um, But I I think they're going to be a little bit better. But Shador is coming back, too. I mean, how many many teams out there have a Shador Sanders coming back into the fold? A lot and of great, Shiloh, apparently, they're yeah, both coming back. A lot of great quarterbacks are leaving college football for the draft. Um, it, I think it's Shador Sanders' year next year. You can cover up a lot of flaws with a quarterback that good. I, I'll bet you the over on, what was it, four games this year? Yeah. I'll bet you they go over next year. Uh, I got to see the rest of the roster. I got to tell you, the schedule's significantly easier. Move to the Big 12, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. You're welcome to weigh in on Deion Sanders. Got some more quarterback transfer portal rumors for you and so much more, including updates on Trevor Lawrence. Do not move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Maggie and Perloff show. So, on Saturday, Sunday afternoon, we're all mad about Florida State. It's the, well, some of us, and some of us thought oh, okay. the committee got close to the four best teams. Regardless, we're all sort of in our feelings about that. And I got to tell you, it already feels like a while ago. And part of the reason is because there is so much news in college football. Now we have an offseason. The transfer portal sort of officially opened to everybody yesterday. And guess who decided to transfer? 
Everybody. <laughs> they're all gone. Well, decided to transfer or their teams told them, hey, hit the portal. Like, it does work both ways with a lot of these things. Uh, I didn't get you it. You think Kyle why McCord it, really wanted to? Oh, I don't want no, to step no, why, on your list here. No, no, no. Why would a team? I don't think Ohio State told Kyle McCord to leave. Why would they not want him to just stick around? Because he couldn't beat Michigan, and he was the person in some ways kind of like being scapegoated as holding them back. Yeah, I understand, but there's no reason. They might as well keep him on the roster. I, I'm sure Ryan Day would want him to at least be in the competition for the job. No, I, they might have told him that, like, hey, you're going to be in competition for the job, which right, right. they know as soon as they say that. And, hey, by the way, you're in competition for the job, but we're going to bring in someone else, and we're going to probably pay them uh, $2 million. You're not winning that competition. Yes, but I still think people were surprised that Kyle McCord declared because everyone knew they were going to bring in someone to compete with him. But he has this great team around him, these great receivers. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, – maybe I'm wrong. I don't think that was a team – I don't think the team's telling anyone to transfer. Well, What's it's kind of like an unvi- – They don't need the scholarship that badly. No, it, I think teams definitely – like Dion did. He told guys as soon as he got to Colorado, yes. he's like, hey, hit the portal. Not the not a Kyle McCord quarterback. Well, we had 26 touchdowns and six picks. I think it's you're saying it in so many words. If you say we're bringing in someone else, like who – if you if we're bringing in Cam Ward – Well, they everyone knew they are going to – they clearly needed to bring somebody else in. Okay, so why would Kyle McCord stick around for that? So you're basically forcing him to transfer. Is kind of – if it's like, hey, if you want to play, you have to transfer. Because Meanwhile, I think like Jalen Hurts yeah. uh, with Oklahoma, you could say, you know what? I believe in myself. I can stick it out and win this job. I don't think the – But country, he eventually transferred. He did yeah, that he for did one eventually. year with Alabama. He did eventually transfer, but I don't think they ever said we want you to leave because I think they would feel more comfortable having a guy who knows the system there. Well, Why not? Also, wasn't Jalen Hurts? Didn't he have to wait till he was a grad transfer technically, so they didn't I, have to sit out a season? I think that I, oh, I always really? thought that was part of it. Oh, I thought he had a chance to leave immediately. Uh, now guys graduate after their junior year anyway. All right, let's do a couple. Uh, All right, let's couple. hit the music. Okay, these are transfer portal rumors, a couple that I really like. So ESPN has a guy named Tom Van Heron who's on top of the portals. He's been one of the leading voices. He says the Buckeyes are down to two quarterbacks. Okay, lay it on me. Duke's Riley Leonard and Washington State's Cam Ward. Now, okay. everybody has Cam Ward penciled in. He's top five in passing yards this year. And everyone has Duke's Riley Leonard who unfortunately got hurt. I ask you, Maggie, do you think, if you know, without even like analyzing it, you put one of those quarterbacks at Ohio State, are they a top three team? Yes. I kind of agree. I, I feel that, like that's what Kyle McCord was holding him back this year. I also think that maybe Ohio State might be one of the most attractive places for a quarterback to go right now. Look at who you have as receiving core. It's like first-round pick yeah. after first-round pick in the NFL draft. Well, they're going to lose. I think they're losing Ibuka, and they're definitely losing Marvin Harrison. But they have five stars galore waiting behind them. And I think Ryan Day is a good quarterback coach. I I, I was really disappointed uh, in our boy Kyle McCord. Okay. There was a report that USC coach Lincoln Riley flew to meet Kansas State coach Will Howard. Quarterback, uh, Kansas yeah. quarterback Will Howard. But there was another somewhat surprising transfer yesterday. Do you remember the name Brock Vandegrift? Of course. The five-star behind, uh, behind Carson back in Georgia. Yeah. So now... Lincoln Riley, I guess, was a huge recruiter of Brock in high school and is supposedly still fascinated with him. So everyone's wondering who's getting the Caleb Williams job. Now, Brock Vandegrift has emerged. And I got to be honest, I love it. Brock Vandegrift at USC, it just sort of works for me. (laughs) Definitely. And it also sounds like the villain in a daytime soap opera. Yes. Yes. Uh, Okay. A couple more. 
uh, everyone's surprised Dylan Gabriel left Oklahoma. So Dylan Gabriel came to Oklahoma with Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator, now who's leaving to take over a head coaching job. Dylan Gabriel, to me, he said, I'm either going to go pro or be in college. It is too much college football, Maggie. Cam Rising and Dylan Gabriel cannot still be playing. How old is this dude? I feel like I watched him when I was in college. It's, he can't be any older than JT Daniels or any of these other guys that stick around for JT forever. Daniels actually retired from football this year. Is that right? He just retired. He said, I'm done playing. He Good has head him. injuries. Yeah, so... Uh, it is insane. Bo Nix, yeah. These, Dylan Gabriel cannot do to another school, but I guess he's in transfer. Bro. I feel like you're nobody unless you've played at three different FBS schools. I guess so. Okay. And you had an interesting note uh, on Dante Moore. What are, what are we hearing about the former five-star who signed at UCLA, originally committed to Oregon, then committed to UCLA, and now he's getting linked to who we were talking about yesterday? Dante Moore is getting linked to Michigan. Because he's from Michigan. Apparently yes. <laughs> went to Martin Luther King High School and he was a big deal in Michigan as a high school quarterback. So now perhaps he's a Wolverine. So that's surprising to me when we were talking about this last night on the production call. Why was he choosing between Oregon and UCLA if he's a Michigan guy? How did he get so far out of state in the first place? I don't know. Someone was too busy with J.J. McCarthy or I don't know. Someone was asleep at the wheel. So And I, Michigan State, I mean. Uh, yeah, Michigan State. A little who, tough. That he's all also linked to Michigan State, who also has another guy uh, who is also a Pac-12 quarterback, Aiden Childs. Who Aiden is, Childs from Oregon State, who is the backup to DJU. Yeah, so it's uh, it's really interesting to me. I had no idea that Dante Moore was from Michigan until yesterday. <laughs> yeah, Martin Luther King High School in Detroit. Will you will you admit that recruiting an eighteen year old is not as important anymore? This is an unavoidable fact. Of I mean, you can what still position? say it's important. Quarterback, Quarter- wide receiver, running back. Quarterback uh, and safety too. By the way, maybe I'll give you those three—the three like, if you will, kind of glamour positions on offense. Sure, I'll give you that. But if you want depth, you've got to draft well, which means recruit well out of high school. Yeah. I still believe that. I just want to be clear: everybody at every position is transferring. It's no, not no, just them. I, I they're all—they're all in the portal. I get and it. a lot of really good players. But you can't just like masking tape with one or two guys from the portal when you're talking about a secondary, uh, you know, defensive line, offensive line. We know that. I saw there was a stat. There were five schools. I don't have the list in front of me who lost double digit players in the first day. Uh, five like legitimate big time schools. So if you can't use masking tape and put a team together immediately, then you're in trouble because I think that's what you're going to have to do. I, I think it's I think it's a trend, Maggie. I don't think the eighteen year olds it's our guy Bruce Pearl at Auburn told us I don't want the eighteen year olds anymore. Give me the guy with hair on their butt or whatever he said. <laughs> yeah. He did say that, but I think football thing. is going that way. I know, but it's like in basketball, of course, you only have five guys on the court at one time and you got fifteen guys on the roster. We're talking about eighty five scholarships for college football. It's a lot different. Well, if you lose fifteen guys in the first day, that's a big chunk. That's almost a quarter of your team. I, I think this is the thing now. And I think it's going to keep us busy all offseason. It's good for college football. It's a way because, uh, you know, once this final, we have, what, a month and a half until the actual final <laughs> four is played? It's actually six <laughs> months. They don't play this until next summer. Uh, Peter Schwartz is here with headlines. And good morning. Let's start with the Monday night football thriller in Jacksonville. Good snap. Ball put down. The right-footed kick is right down the middle. And Cincinnati has won it in overtime. A flag was thrown. Unsportsmanlike conduct on the defense, leaping. Penalties declined. It'll count. 
Cincinnati has won it 34-31. Kevin Harlan on Westwood 1. It was a 48-yard game-winning field goal in overtime for Evan McPherson. And Bengals' backup quarterback Jake Browning was 34 of 37 for 354 yards, a touchdown pass, and a touchdown run. Felt like we were in rhythm. Um, I think the stats kind of show that. Uh, and just an overall top to bottom, good offensive performance. Very Joe Cool-like answer <laughs> from him there. Bengals win their another first game. Yep. <laughs> just another game in front of a national TV audience, and the Bengals win their first Monday Night Football road game since 1990. Now, for the Jaguars, they may have lost more than just a game. Oh, my goodness. This is oh. what I'm afraid of. He's grabbing his Achilles. It was a non-contact. Oh. He tries to step up in the pocket. Oh, he gets stepped on. He got he got stepped on by his own player, I think. Yeah, Walker Little in his pass set steps oh. on Trevor's and that's ankle. That's why the ball fell out. That's Ooh. why he fell to the ground. That was Frank Frangi, Tony Baselli, and Jeff Lagerman on Jaguars Radio. Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence suffering a right ankle injury in the fourth quarter. Head coach Doug Peterson did not have much of an update after the game. I don't have any information yet on Trevor. We're still evaluating him, you know, so he'll have more, um, you know, um, tests and things done here tonight and tomorrow. So I'll probably have a better update for you tomorrow on that. It is reportedly a sprained right ankle, and he had a big game last night, 258 yards, two touchdown passes, and a touchdown run. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be laughing during a very serious Trevor Lawrence update. I don't want to – my heart sank for Trevor Lawrence when I saw him go down. But Pete has brought it to my attention that there is an especially funny meme that is currently on our live stream right now. Andrew Kaplan's undefeated. <laughs> it's a meme. Does everyone remember – the poster or the cover of the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles yeah. <laughs> starring the immortal John Candy, may he rest in peace, and, and Steve also Martin. Steve Martin. Well, Cap has successfully superimposed Peter Schwartz's head onto the John Candy character and Perloff's head onto the Steve Martin character. <laughs> and it's just... Pete's dying in my ear and it just... It looks too good. I'm sorry. It fits. It's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> love that movie that's a great movie great movie i'd be an honor if i was on that poster it's so good anyway youtube.com slash cbs sports Radio. back to the update there you go uh the eagles did sign it's like we former... just passed a note in class and somehow <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, they just found out about it anywho the eagles signed former seahawks linebacker shaquille leonard to a one-year deal steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett underwent ankle surgery to accelerate the healing process on a high right ankle sprain. He will miss Thursday's game against the Patriots. The Heisman Trophy finalists announced last night. The winner will be announced Saturday in New York. And the finalists are LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, Oregon quarterback Bo Nix, Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr., and Ohio State wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. Now to the NBA play-in tournament quarterfinals that began last night. You had the Pacers over the Celtics, 122-112, and they'll play the winner, uh, the Pacers will, of tonight's Knicks-Bucks game, and that'll be in the semifinals on Thursday in Las Vegas. And the other semifinal game Thursday in Las Vegas will pit the New Orleans Pelicans against the winner of tonight's Suns-Lakers game. The Pelicans winning last night, 127-117. Brandon Ingram with 30 points. What do you think our care factor is here for LeBron? I, You know, for the most part, he gets into almost everything, right? Do you think he cares about winning the inaugural in-season tournament? Just another little, you know, on the uh, mm. laundry list of accolades for LeBron. Is this just another line? 
I, I, I would hope not. If LeBron cares about that, that's embarrassing. I mean, what's... I mean, it's a league initiative. They're trying yeah. to get some more eyeballs on the regular season. I'm going to say no, only because, like, who leads the charge for load management? And that's kind of him. Well, and, Greg Popovich. Well, and then just... But as far as, like, a play, he's always taking games off. And this was done in big reason to try and avoid the load management. So I would think he couldn't care less about it. I, think, I mean, I does he, he does. need the, the 500000 Do you think he cares? <laughs> I mean, no, that I would, don't think he needs the five hundred k. Something tells me he made a billion dollars. I think he's going to be all right. I think that would be a lot of fodder for LeBron critics if uh, he would, like, celebrated this. Don't uh-huh. you think? Because they'd be like, oh, yeah, typical LeBron, like, celebrating something stupid. Well, it wasn't <laughs> stupid when he passed Kareem. Like, what does he, mm. what does he celebrate that's dumb? I don't These know. These are legit, like, records. That Kareem record has stood my whole life. I'm not sure. There just seems to be there is a line of criticism that LeBron is not always has eye on the prize. Like Michael Jordan would kill your grandmother or win the NBA title. LeBron has a lot more going on. So let's just play that out. You don't think that Michael Jordan, the most competitive person we have in sports, the archetype for the assassin athlete, you don't think he would care about the in-season tournament? He'd probably care more than anybody. He might, but he's so be so focused. If he won the in season tournament, then didn't win the finals, he would call it the worst year of his life. Well, where okay, you but don't that's, get that sense. That's after Le- the fact. But you, you don't get the sense of LeBron. He'd probably call the commissioner, whoever the commissioner would be, and say, "What are we doing here? What is this? You know, this is not. What, yeah, are, we, I mean, what he, are we doing? He was so seeing. I think the the distinction between Michael Jordan and LeBron, in a lot of people's mind, is that Michael Jordan was solely focused on titles, where LeBron has a lot more going on. Well, but there's also some more circumstances there. It, like, you can't tell me that in, when he was going to finals and losing to the Golden State Warriors that he didn't want to win those titles just as badly as Michael Jordan did. He just ran up against a much better, deeper team. I think the perception, though, is like, to, to your point, Andrew, is that Le- LeBron LeBron is himself is bigger than basketball. He's well-rounded, yeah. He, uh, he's into movies and sh- your show business. Jordan was, too. Yeah, but Jordan yeah. was in Space but, 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 He left to play baseball. Yeah, I, I understand that, but just... His t- number one A focus was right. basketball and winning. You know, he, he went to go play baseball when he was like pseudo suspended. Well, I think LeBron gambling. is focused on basketball, but I do think there was a sort of a slightly more uh, maniac quality to Jordan than LeBron. Okay, but there's also part of that I think that is real, but there's part of it that's been mythologized as well, just like Kobe's. I mean, Kobe always yeah, like said he Kobe had, had the, it too. the famous blackout workouts where he had to work out until he blacked out, and then later said that was BS. He never did any of that, but he let people go with the rumor. Well, I just think... Uh, and I Jordan th- was about, like, winning poker games and winning on the golf course. Like, to say that Jordan's right, more focused on basketball than LeBron is. LeBron's not up all night at Atlantic City Casino before going to play the Knicks in a playoff game. Come on, guys. that's just It's just a different time. We didn't mm. know about it back then, but... I just disagree with you. I think Kobe and Jordan were a little bit more psychotic than LeBron. Okay, and was that even, even healthy? That is... Was that even like a good way to be? You punch your teammate nah. in the face? Is anyone is that? And then all, and then everyone calls you a hero <laughs> yeah. for it. It's what are we doing? Not, it's definitely not healthy. But I don't think Jordan would. He might try to win this in season tournament. You're probably right about that. But if he won this tournament and then lost in the finals, he would be 
severely depressed. Okay, yeah. well, where I think yeah, LeBron I is a little more well-rounded. Okay, but it's like LeBron, listen to what you just said. LeBron, it would be lame, you said, if he cared about the in-season tournament. But if Jordan cares about it, then it's cool. But you he guys move the goalposts on this argument all the time. No, no, but he wouldn't care, he wouldn't care about it at all in comparison to the NBA title. The NBA title, by the Well, neither, would, LeBron might not either. He might, you, though. You Knowing LeBron, yeah, LeBron might celebrate this a little more than, Why than other LeBron guys. Why is LeBron still playing if it's not for titles? I know to play with Bronny, whatever, Good but question. of course he still wants to win. He wouldn't have to keep playing if he didn't want to win. You're 21. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're trying to convince yourself here a little no, bit. No, I'm just pointing out your hypocrisy on this and I, all I, the Jordan sycophants' hypocrisy on that he's more, you know, that LeBron would be lame if he wants to win this tournament, but Jordan would be a psycho killer awesome if he wanted to win. I, I just, I don't think Jordan would be into this at all. I, I He was all about just championships. I think he would, if, if David Stern came up with this idea, Michael yeah. Jordan would call him up and say, what are we doing here? Like, this is stupid. Like, well, I don't know if they were lagging. Because Jordan it. would never take games off, so it was never an right. issue for him back in the day. If it was lagging, if the NBA was lagging in popularity to the point where it is now behind football, maybe Jordan would be singing a different tune. I don't know. True. Anyway. Let me close with hockey. There was an overtime game in Philly last night. Crosby unable to win this one. A good win by Couturier. They try to spring it up the left wing. Two on one with Couturier. Couturier got it in the middle. Couturier scores! Sean Couturier wins it in overtime. The Flyers beat the Pens again. Tim Saunders, Flyers Radio. Flyers beat the Penguins 2-1 in OT. Another overtime game, the Blues over the Golden Knights 2-1. Peter, thank you so much. Got nice a lot to see more you guys. To, oh, you too. Thank you. Uh, so much more to do, including we've got that Otani update for you. Don't move a muscle. Maggie and Perloff back on CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. You want to update uh, some of the responses or no? Oh, yeah. So I put out your question. Would Michael Jordan care about the in-season tournament? And I think me and Peter Schwartz were saying he would care, but he'd be so focused on a championship. I'm not sure everyone agrees with me. 
This from Brian Drake. The man who was shown in a documentary about his competitiveness throwing quarters against a wall with a member <laughs> of the security team. Thank but you. yeah, a competition where you could win a trophy and money playing basketball. He's not interested. Sure. Our buddy Dave Sepperson said 100% from Sports Illustrated. Is water wet? <laughs> Duh. He's the ultimate competitor. Thank you. And also, yeah. it go, like the two goals work hand in hand because all these wins except for the championship, count for your record. Well, now you're going, oh, that's a bridge too far to say <laughs> okay. that a December win is going to have anything to do with what happens in the playoffs. No. Uh, I mean, okay. Miami was, what What was their seed last year? They yeah. just stormed. A, it, it doesn't matter. It's regular it's season. But you um, you might have been right. I will give you that. Yeah. I just, I thought it was funny that LeBron would be lame if he cares about this, but Jordan is the maniacal competitor. Of course he would care about the in-season tournament. It's just hilarious. Well, whatever. In the last segment, you said Kobe wasn't a, a, was making up all that stuff. Get out of here. That guy would, that guy would kill you too to win a game. He would, but also I think the myth of Kobe is, no. is part of it too. Um, the myth of Jordan is part of it, too. Let's get to Shohei Otani. This is a CBS News special report. Wow. If people are just tuning in, they're really going to think we have something here. It's like Gerald yeah, Ford dead a, today. A little scary, by the way. <laughs> we have no actual news here. Just to preface that, we have no idea what's happening in any part of the world, except for Shohei Otani's free agency. We've got plenty of rumors John Morosi had reported that he is going to make a decision within the next week. Now, this was two days ago that this report came out. Now, Perloff, you and I know how free agency in baseball works. Usually this gets dragged out until like a week before spring training, not before Christmas. It's very rare to get these guys signing these massive deals this early in the offseason. So what, but inform me on this because I haven't followed it closely yeah. over the last few years. When something happens at the winter meetings, though, is that trades more than not the signings? I mean, both can happen. And I remember Garrett Cole signing with the Yankees before Christmas, I believe. And and, and that stuff does happen. But so, so there's two sides of this. One is Otani. So here are the suitors that Otani has allegedly narrowed this yeah. down to. The Chicago Cubs, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Toronto Blue Jays, the San Francisco Giants, and possibly the Angels – his old team, yeah. current team, still could be in the mix here. So that's the latest we have. Now, also keep in mind, Shohei Otani and his agent reportedly have placed like a gag order on all of these teams mm. where they said if you leak any information about Otani's visit or any of our talks about free agency, it will immediately take you out of the running. Like Whoa. this guy's not messing around. Also, I mean, that's terrible for baseball. Give us a couple rumors. Yeah, I did see a rumor that he was he met with the Blue Jays in, in Florida yesterday. That well, is, if anyone leaked that from the Blue Jays, you're out. Uh, can I just ask a quick question about this Shohei to the Blue Jays? Sure. What does the deal with Shohei to the Blue Jays? What The Blue Jays, where are the Yankees and Dodgers and Cubs? What, what are we talking about here? Well, Dodgers and Cubs are in there. I'm I, just saying. It's such Yankees, a, I don't think, is his preference to come to New York. I said this yesterday. This is a huge surprise to me that Toronto is in the mix because you never hear them at the top echelon of free agency. Well, I mean, they, who'd they sign? George Springer? The other, I mean, it's not like nobody. They've been getting some big free agent pitchers. Well, it's, it's been lately. It's been the Padres and the Dodgers and the Rangers. And, you know, I yeah. just... It is a strange thing to me. And Shohei, I thought, wanted to be on the West Coast. This is not the West Coast. No, definitely not. But uh, so there we are with the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Okay, so there's another more generous read on this, which is 
Otani, so John Heyman reported that it's already, the negotiations have already blown past the $500 million mark. Okay. And this is more likely to be in the $600 million mark, which is wild for a guy who's not even going to pitch next year because right. he's recovering from the second Tommy John surgery. So just craziness all around. Wait, he's a two-time, two-time reigning MVP. Has that ever had a free agent in that situation? That's He's also the best hitter in baseball. Let's not... To me, I, I, we argue about this all the time. I think the dual aspect of him is maybe slightly overblown because the dude is runs like a gazelle on the bases, and he's the best power hitter. Yeah, but you're not getting the six hundred million dollar mark without the dual threat. I don't know. Is there again? Has there ever been a two time reigning MVP on the free agent market? Hey, by I the mean, way, you're getting paying four twenty for Trout, and Otani's a better hitter than Trout. Did not do the press conference after he won MVP. You had Acuna out there doing it for the uh, for the National League, but you had no Shohei Otani. Apparently, they canceled right before he was about to go on the air. Which everything about this has been very shrouded in uh, in secrecy. But, so there's a generous read here that he should he should be the first domino in free agency to fall, so that everyone else can kind of right. come in line. That, wasn't there a report? There's another Japanese pitcher that he wants to go before. Yeah. Yamamoto. So, because he doesn't want Yamamoto to set a market that's below what he wants, so he wants to set the market originally. This is. This is silly money, Maggie. What are you talking? Six hundred million? Let's get to our shot of the day. He shoots. And the shot of the day is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos is brought to you by those who drink it. Today's shot of the day. Well, we got a new show bet, and whoever loses is going to be wearing a wrestling singlet. So we bet Perloff about Michigan's first round game. EJ and I think they're going to lose. Perloff thinks they're going to win. Whoever loses the bet has to wear a wrestling singlet on the show. I'm assuming this is an internet purchase. Can you get a used singlet? Why would you want that? Just just go to like a random wrestling high school's locker room. In the 80s. (laughs) Ryan, well, first of all, we don't have a time machine. Secondly, we'd probably get arrested if we were in some kind of locker room. We're way too old. Well, first of all, Maggie, you got it easy. Because I think the challenge of a singlet is not... The embarrassing lack of upper body strength. It's the bottom part of a singlet where nothing is left to imagination. <laughs> so I think uh, Listen, I think I there's going to be tape involved. Like this Oof. is going to get really ugly. <laughs> I mean, it's good true. luck with all that. True. I am never going to root harder for a team. I I like Alabama too. I love Jalen Milrow, but I want Michigan to win this game. I do not <laughs> want to have to wear this singlet. Well, I don't want to either. And I'm sure if EJ was here, he would say he doesn't either. But do, now, we have to, do we get to wear those that funny helmet the wrestlers wear, the ear pads? I think you got to go full out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, honestly, the helmet's not as important. I think the embarrassing singlet is enough. Or it could be, like, how about one of those pro wrestling singlets where it's like pants? You know, you wear pants. Oh, with the boots? Like, like yes. When like there's a superstar wrestler, then it's like... Mike Smith comes out, and Mike Smith from Pensacola, Florida, and he's wearing a full body singlet. Wait, what about singlet. just what about just like the you know the spandex pants with the no shirt? Oh, like junkyard dog. Yeah, or like uh, you know the yeah, guy yeah. RKO's everybody. Well, I went with, with my Brandy era of wrestling. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I, that's not a good look either. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather go Tom Cruise jeans, no shirt. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thank you to Ryan Botcher. You did a great job today, pinch hitting. People, Adi, it's always a pleasure. To Andrew Kaplan, to Peter Schwartz, to the Weedos and the coffee drinkers. We'll see you tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.